0: You You are divine. divine. Hello, my beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I that was a good size. It was happy size. Happy size all around. I am so flippin' happy to be here right now. I have just been really working on my own energy, working on my own vibration and something I haven't really put a ton of energy to into in probably over a year. And I feel like I'm finally making moves and I'm feeling really good. And I'm, I, I'm just, I don't even know how else to explain it. I'm just feeling really good. And I want to actually talk about that today, about that process from going to, like, basically a state where I just always felt, like, depressed and lack and low and scarcity and just awful. Like, truly, I've dealt with clinical depression, I've dealt with generalized anxiety, and I'm not saying I'll never deal with those things again either, but I want to talk today about, like, Basically that process and what like the things that I think actually really truly have pushed me into a new state of being and this state of being that I feel like I'm feeling right now is new. Like it's not something that I feel like I've been just ruminating in for months. It's new and it feels correct. I feel like the best way I know how to explain it, which we've mentioned on the podcast before is when you reach out and touch life and life truly touches you and embraces you right back. Like it's like making, making life into like not only romanticizing it, but just like feeling good. And I feel like in today's world, it's like a, it's almost rebellious to feel good, like truly. And I don't say that with an ounce of not understanding what a privilege it even is to feel good right now, because I do think that we need to, I always want to make the space in every space that I occupy. I always want to make the space. And sometimes that does come into conflict with the person that I am being because there's always the, that's kind of life. Like we can't just be all to one side on anything. And that's kind of why I think I'm here. Is to like make my life a living example of that. That we can't just be all on one side or the other. There's always going to be paradoxes on both sides. And even the way that I'm feeling right now, which is really fantastic. I feel like it is almost a rebellious act to feel good right now. With everything that is constantly being shown through the news everything that is happening especially in America which I talk a lot about America because that's where I live Uh, you may not reside there but I feel like here it's almost a rebellious act to feel good to feel like in your own energy to feel good and to speak about feeling good and honestly I think in some way this has kept me from feeling good is this idea that I'm not allowed this idea that the world is on fire climate change is happening we are still in the middle of a pandemic and now we have other things to worry about um, you know my mental health taking a total downturn for over a year I feel like going through and having to experience these things on top of a Saturn return it's made me feel like feeling good is something I shouldn't even be allowed to do and I Unfortunately, I think we live in a world where this is a lot of people's normal, not just because of a pandemic, not just because of the politics of the state of the country. I feel like this is very normal. Maybe a lot of you are listening in and feeling like it's a rebellious act to feel good, that everybody around you reflects this feelings of not feeling good. And if you feel good, suddenly that makes you a bad person for feeling good when everybody else is discontent and... I think sometimes, though that is true, it is like our rage, I feel like that is genuinely going to push forward certain movements. Like, I don't want to sit here and spend too much time on the political aspect of things, because that's really not why I'm here. Um, When I say rage, I mean, like, there are certain things that I do feel like we're done, we're done putting prayers and thoughts towards like we just need better and we need to demand it. And the only way we're going to be heard at this point is through rage. And like, especially if we talk about like abortion rights, things like that, I feel like we're at a point where it's rage or nothing. And I do feel that that's kind of where we are. But I do feel like in some instance, again, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement that it's everything, but I do think in some instance, us feeling dissatisfied, whether it is in, personal li- in our personal lives or as a collective, that dissatisfaction constantly will reflect back at you if that's what you're feeling. And I know this from my own experience of feeling dissatisfied, feeling yucky and feeling really great and what the difference is. And I feel like it's very easy when you're in a vibration frequency or mindset of everything's terrible, everything sucks. A, B, C, D, like here's all the reasons everything's, everything's wrong. It's very easy to constantly see things that are wrong. But when you're actually feeling good in this rebellious way of living and feeling, it can feel like everything is actually working out. And it's very hard to it's very hard to see both. no what no matter which situation you're in, it's very hard to see both. And I think that's why I'm bringing attention to both is I think no matter which state of mind or state of being that you're in, it's very hard to see the other side. And, I believe that we can hold both. That is honestly like the beautiful paradox of living in this time-space reality on the planet the way that it is right now. That is part of the beauty of it is getting to experience the beauty of the the polarization. And basically, I'm I'm opening with this because I want you to understand that. Even now, I still feel slight fear talking about feeling good, because it does. It feels like a rebellious act to feel good when when times are so uncertain, when there is so much chaos, and it is such a privilege to actually be able to get to a space where I feel good. But I also think that by not sharing this part of myself, I'm keeping myself disconnected from people that feel this way, and... I want to experience both. I want to be able to lift the people that feel down and I want to be able to myself connect with people that also feel good. And I think another prime example of this in my own life is, and I don't want to dwell too much here either, but going through 2020, that was a really crazy year for a lot of people. And for myself personally, though, I did not appreciate what was going on in the outside world. It was like one of my best personal years, like for my own life, aside from like, you know, the uncertainty of the pandemic and the uncertainty of groceries, like there was a lot of problems, but I felt like relationally, fiscally, career wise, every single area, my spirituality, every area of my life in 2020 was thriving and I know that that wasn't a lot of people's story and I don't, I want to say I did talk about it quite a bit because I feel like that's when my YouTube channel took off. That's when my podcast really opened up. That's when things really started to come together for my highest good was at that time. And I feel like that's kind of what made me feel like I should share today feeling really good is that that's what expanded me and attracted people to me was the process of actually doing the thing and feeling good during a time period where it was a rebellious act to feel good. And I also think, anyway, I don't want to, I feel like I'm stipulating too much and we need to just fucking get into it. Okay. So the first thing that I want to say, and this is going to be a hard pill to swallow. And I say that because even for myself, past versions of me from even a couple of months ago, this was a hard pill to swallow for me. But now that I'm on the other side of it for right now, you know, I know that our emotions fluctuate. We fluctuate. I'm sure there are going to come times where I don't feel as incredible. And I'm going to know how to support myself to get back to where I want to be. But a hard pill to swallow at that time is number one. If you feel bad just for feeling good, which is something I'm sharing because I myself have felt this way. If you feel bad for feeling good, it's okay if when you start to care for yourself and worry about yourself, it's okay if it feels uncomfortable. It's okay if it feels anxiety inducing. It's okay if it feels triggering. Now, if you don't feel like you are capable, and this is not a diss in any way, shape, or form. I myself have absolutely gone the mental health routes and received help where I could get it during this process. But it's okay to reach out for help to help you get into the process. Like for myself, I worked with a few therapists. I worked with a psychiatrist briefly. And then I also worked with a life coach for a couple of months that, um, and honestly, if I'm going to tell you the complete truth, and I want to have them guest on my podcast eventually, but working with a life coach was actually the most gratifying over. And I'm not trying to say that like therapy is bad or you shouldn't do it. I think therapy is fucking incredible and i always want to recommend it but working with the life coach that had knowledge of like had a background in psychology and somatic healing and getting into the body that was more helpful to me than therapy was and for every person it's going to be different and it also depends on like what kind of therapist you end up going to see uh that you like that they specialized in i'm um, also sorry i just kicked this Uh, thing under my desk I'm sorry if that made a sound I don't really edit these podcasts we don't have an editor anymore at this time so you get what you get with the podcast um but number one it's okay if you feel uncomfortable it's okay and It's actually really important that during those uncomfortable moments, where maybe you're sitting in the bath and it feels wrong, like it feels wrong because maybe you feel like you need to be working more or spending more time with your kid or doing something as a spouse or spending more time with family or spending more time when you're with your online community if you're a creator. Maybe when you're in the bath trying to tend to your own energy, it feels bad like you should be doing more. Like suddenly you have free time and you should be spending that free time. With the relationships that you feel like you've been neglecting. I want you to understand that it's okay. It's okay that you feel bad. It's okay that it feels uncomfortable. It's okay that you don't feel worthy of the time that you're trying to take. And... That discomfort is honestly a sign that you're trying to make a change and that it's working. Because like, honestly, remind yourself of that when it feels uncomfortable, and it feels rebellious to do this thing, when you're trying to do a self care act for you, and you're feeling guilty remind yourself that this means that you are creating a change and the uncomfortability is the change that is happening and change often is uncomfortable. It takes time before it feels comfortable again. So first and foremost, you're probably going to have to get uncomfortable before it gets comfortable. And this also goes for your relationships. This is like the second piece of uncomfortable advice. I feel like I need to give or hard pills to swallow is When you are ready to actually evolve in your life in some way and change your state of being, you have to be prepared to lose the life that you had. And I don't mean like suddenly everything's going to fall apart, tower moment, oh my gosh, it's awful. It doesn't have to be like that. It can actually be a very gentle disconnecting, but you have to be prepared to lose people and friendships and connections and communities and you have to be prepared to make a shift and to not hold back on yourself because I feel like I'll speak for myself here that's the thing that holds me back the most is fearing losing connections with friends and I think part of this we're going to get a little philosophical a little um (laughs) a little uh Psychological for a moment. I do feel like all of my 20s, I spent healing from my family, especially my mom. I've talked about this a lot, and I don't say this because I'm trying to drag my mom through the mud. I actually have a like okay relationship with her now, and it's taken a really long time to get there. But I do believe that my mom struggles with narcissistic tendencies or possibly is a narcissist, and I think. In that, in that regard, I spent literally all of my 20s healing from that relationship. And I honestly have a lot of gratitude for the relationship because it caused me to become the person that I am. It caused me to look outside of my immediate family for connection. It caused me to look for friends that I could find family connections in, to disconnect from my Um, hometown and move away it like there are so many good decisions that I made because I wanted to leave that situation so badly and I do think I spent all of my 20s really working on that healing from the familial connections but here's the thing I traded my family for friendship connections. And though this is a beautiful thing, and I do believe that I've really cultivated a beautiful group of friends in my life that I do consider my family, I think when I did that, I still carried with me this fear of abandonment. And suddenly, where I was always there for all of my family members 24 7 because I feared abandonment so bad. I had now replaced friendship circles with that same thing. And so I made myself available all the time, every day, constantly. And it was out of this fear of abandonment, this fear that people wouldn't love me, I wouldn't be likable. And, you know, there was something inherently wrong with me. And this was... Honestly, it led to people-pleasing, which honestly is a very selfish act when you really break it down. People-pleasing is a very selfish act because it doesn't allow the true essence of you or the other person to commingle. It actually puts up this false sense of self, and it is a manipulative act to try to control another person's perception of you. And... I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) I hate it. And I know that's another hard pill to swallow, too, that people pleasing actually is a form of manipulation. But it is and I'm guilty of it. I've been there. I've done that. I got the t shirt and the trauma. Okay, (laughs) I'm coming to you somebody that is desperately trying to change this part of myself. But what I've realized is I wasn't ready to lose friendships if I had to. And I think I'm finally at a point currently where I genuinely love every single person that's in my life. Truly. I have an incredible circle of friends around me, but I'm no longer willing to make my energy accessible 24 seven. And mostly because it's only hurt me. It's hurt me. It's made me uncomfortable. It's put me in a situation where I always feel like I have to be on and available all the time. And It would keep me from doing, like, if I could break this down, and we have so much more to get to in this episode, but I feel like this is an important thing to talk about because I think a lot of people, especially us millennials, I know a lot of my demographic is millennials, not all of you, but I know a lot of us millennials, we have walked away from family because it's very toxic. and. Obviously, not all of you have toxic family, but I know a lot of you do. Um, a lot of us have walked away and put disconnects between us and family. And I'm telling you these things because I, if I can help you to understand that friendship can become just as toxic if you're not careful, and it doesn't mean that you're not surrounded by good people that you have perfectly curated, it's, it's that you will still undervalue yourself if you're not careful and when you're trying to get that level of acceptance that family didn't give you, it can become very easy to let people that do not deserve your energy attach to you. And thankfully, I don't think I have anybody in my life that is like that right now. I don't feel like I'm attached to anybody that doesn't deserve my value. I feel like I've been very conscious about that. And I have had to let friendships go over the last like few years. Uh, I feel like I'm actually surrounded by amazing people. But I've noticed that I still give too much of my time and energy and so much so that it's people pleasing and detrimental to my own health and I finally just hit this point where I was like no more I'm not doing this anymore I don't know what I need to do to get right with me but I am now my number one priority self-care is now my full-time job and it comes before anything and everyone else and kind of like our hot girl timeline kind of like our hot girl timeline episode that went out like several weeks ago. I kind of just decided, I don't know if that's on being a Sagittarius placement. I'm not sure what makes me this way, but I feel like, I kind of just had to make a decision and then I started acting in accordance with that decision. And I have so many tips for you on how to do this. If you're struggling with family or with friendships um, or just in your day-to-day life to actually care for yourself a little bit more. I feel like I have some really realistic tips that that have actually helped me. They might help you. They might not. But ultimately... I just want to share those things. I want to talk about those things. I want to open the conversation a little bit more to talk about codependency and how I honestly feel like the last year of my life, oh gosh, like this just leads me into like another portion of this, which is like. Over the last year plus, I think it's been like what June, July, it's been like a year. It's been like fourteen months for me, Um, like fifteen months. I think by the time you're listening to this episode, it's been about fifteen months since the incident. That's what I call it. That was my mental health unraveling fifteen months ago. Um, Since then, and I think this is a very common experience as well when somebody suffers a really bad traumatic experience, is. We will suffer this, like, you go from being a really highly independent person to being completely dependent on other people. And I feel like this is what happened during this time period. I became the most codependent version of myself that I've ever been. And truly... I wouldn't do anything without my spouse, without talking to a friend, without like I relied on every single person around me to help me ground and keep myself safe. And though these are great security blankets, when you have like when you need to be grounded and you're feeling like out of your mind, people can be so, so, so helpful. And we need that as part of the healing process for myself. I noticed that it carried on. To the point that I wouldn't drive the car. I wouldn't go out to the grocery store without my husband. I wouldn't. um, If something happened in my day that kind of triggered me, I would immediately pick up my phone and text my best friend and ask if she had space. There was no like, I'm going to sit with these uncomfortable feelings and remind myself that I'm safe because I'm here. And. I feel like up until recently, I didn't really have the capacity. And I don't know, like, and I don't, I'm not saying these things, because I want you to use this as a tool to shame yourself of like, oh, no, I've been feeling that same way for like five years. There is hope. And that's why I'm here is to talk to you about how we actually work on getting better. So I just wanted to bring that up, though, that like, I've dealt with such ridiculous, I call it ridiculous because when I think about it from the perspective of where I am now, it feels ridiculous, but I'm not saying that you are ridiculous. If you have codependent habits, I believe that codependency is bred sometimes from trauma and maybe always from trauma. I'm not a therapist. I can't make that kind of claim, but I believe that it comes from a traumatizing background or incident or something of that accord. And for me, dealing with the codependency, it was really bad. Like not just that I wouldn't leave the house by myself, but I wouldn't go to bed by myself. I always wanted my husband in bed with me or I couldn't go to bed, couldn't sleep. Um, in order to do anything relaxing, I wanted somebody there with me. And it was because I was so afraid to be by myself and be in my own energy, like something about that felt guilty. And I was constantly just plagued and faced with these feelings of guilt. Like, And I know other people experience this. I know I'm not alone. It can feel completely guilt-inducing to do anything for yourself if you are used to having to be on for everyone else all the time. And the sad part about it is I've truly built a life where I've done that. Meaning, not only was it like that with family, then I gave that to my friends, then I also made a career where I was always online engaging with other people 24 seven. And I think it was in the last episode, I talked about how somebody made a comment on my video and I got a little triggered about how they were like spiritual people always say they want to help. But then when you reach out, they're not there. Or they call me new age, new age people. And they just couldn't handle that disappointment. And the thing is, as I stated in that episode, that's not a requirement. Nobody needs, nobody is required to be there for you. It's nice. And it's such a blessing when somebody is able to hold that space and be there for you. But at the end of the day, you have to be the person that you will rely on. Again, it doesn't mean that you can't have connections. You can't have friends. You can't have a supportive significant other. But at the end of the day, you are the person that has you. You are the wise inner parent that has to be there to parent yourself. And you can't always rely on that from others. Now, of course, I do believe in community and it takes a village and all of those things. But I do think if we don't come at it from our own whole person self meeting up with another whole incomplete person, it's not going to run us smoothly because we're just going to constantly play out these same patterns with the people around us. And anyways, I feel like I'm getting so sidetracked. Back to my original point, which is... You have to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable and know that when you start to reclaim your own energy, when you start to call your own power back and be present for yourself, you might lose people and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you are bad. It means that they are attached to a version of you that you no longer identify with or want to identify with. And sometimes that can be gut-wrenching and painful to lose people, especially if you have you know, trauma around abandonment. That's, you know, it's easy to say that you would possibly feel really terrible. I don't say these things because I think it's just like ripping off a band aid. I think it actually really can be quite painful when we watch people exit our lives that we thought would be there forever. But the thing is, when you start to prioritize yourself, to me, this is almost a a given that it will happen, that it will, that people will start to fall away and it's because your frequency doesn't resonate with their frequency anymore and you you the more you try to dial into their frequency the more you're dialing out of the energy of yourself and eventually that will leave you depleted and feeling like you have no energy left which is exactly where I was I felt like I had no energy left I was always there for everybody else I was never prioritizing myself even when I would tell people I'm going into hermit mode they would still text me and I would still check and respond and when I say I went full tilt into my own energy I mean I didn't let anybody's energy into my realm none absolutely none um and so let me give you our our first like oh and actually before i give you before we get into the the tips and the things uh, i also want to say that a big part of my push to change this within myself it wasn't just i'm taking my energy and my power back and fuck everybody it's that. I struggle with more than one autoimmune disease. Like not only do I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which they are now considering an autoimmune disease. I also struggle with Renaud's or Reynard's I think it's pronounced Renaud's, but uh, it's where like your limbs get like really, really cold and they'll turn like a stark white. Um, it's a circulatory problem. I deal with a couple of autoimmune diseases though. And The number one thing that we that I'm learning because I'm going to school for this is that increased levels of cortisol or the stress hormone actually makes autoimmune diseases worse. And so I got to a point where I was struggling so bad in my own body. But I haven't talked about this a lot. I'll probably do an episode on the future in the future about this. But I was struggling so bad to even connect with my own body and like so hypervigilant, so stressed out all the time that I told myself like for my health and for me to literally not die, (laughs) I, I can't be letting myself be this stressed out all the time. I can't, I have to start taking my own energy back and prioritizing myself because my inflammation is through the fucking roof and I can't handle it. Like it's literally slowly killing me. And another thing that we know about autoimmune diseases is that when the first sign of them start to crop up within seven to 14 years, which yes, that's a big window within seven to 14 years, you will have a diagnosis of something else like, a major organ that is like, basically that autoimmune is part of the first sign that something is going awry. And if you don't pay attention to it, this can lead into something significantly worse. And so once I learned that, like the statistics for that, I was like, Oh wow. I've been ignoring the inflammation in my body for like probably seven years or more. So we need to get with it and make sure that we're healthy. And that was my first step. Is I said, how can I reclaim my energy and stop feeling guilty for feeling good and stop feeling guilty for taking all the time in the world to myself that I want to? Basically, how can I be more selfish with my energy and not feel bad about it? First, I had to feel bad about it. <laughs> so now let me tell you what I started doing that I feel like has made all the difference and has truly raised my energy i really do believe that if you resonate with a lot of my content if you feel like we are similar people try some of this stuff out and see if it helps i'm not trying to say that this is the holy grail but because i do think you need to curate what works for you but i swear to you Try some of these things out and see if they make a difference. So number one, I'm a soft little sweet baby, okay? I might talk the talk. She's an Aries Mercury, so my mouth might spout off like I'm a vicious bitch. I'm not a vicious bitch. I'm actually a cancer Venus with a cancer Mars, and I'm a fucking crybaby, okay? I have no shame in that. Tears release cortisol, and we love that for my inflamed ass. But she is an Aries Mercury, so I know. I talk the talk, but I do not walk the walk when it comes to how ferocious I am. I'm actually not ferocious at all, but when it comes to my time, the first thing that I started doing or I did that I believed completely changed the game for me is number one, when it came to my friends in particular, I was terrified that I would miss something or one of my friends would need me and I wouldn't be there and that would make me a bad friend. Like, that was probably my number one concern is I ultimately feared abandonment if I didn't show up. And I think that also comes from, and I'm going to be very candid when I say this, there are a lot of members of my own family that treat people this way. Myself included, like I don't treat people this way, but I've been treated this way. When you don't answer the phone, you get labeled as somebody who doesn't answer the phone. And now every time you pick up the phone, it's a big deal. And my family treats it like, oh my God, somebody's home, blah, blah, blah. It becomes like this big deal when I feel like we just need to normalize the fact that no millennial wants to talk on the phone. <laughs> so, um, that's the tea, that's the shade, that's the pink lemonade. But when it came to my friends specifically, I still really harbored harbored that fear of abandonment. So what I did is if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, unfortunately, I don't know how to help with this, but there might be a setting you can use on Android that is similar. So I'm gonna tell you about it anyway. And I would literally Google search um, focus mode for Android and see if there is something. So on iPhone, there is different focus modes, right? We know this, uh, with like one of the newer updates, you can set your phone to have different focus modes. They're extremely easy to set up. I thought it was going to be this big complex thing. It's not. Here's the thing though. They don't allow you to send automated automated text messages unless it's from in. Oh my god, I cannot speak. <laughs> Mercury is not even in the microwave yet, and I can't speak. Um, it it only allows you to send an automated text message if you're driving. Now. I very rarely drive anywhere. And even if I did, the one time I got into a fender bender, I was texting and driving. So I haven't done that since I was like 16 years old because... It scared me, scarred me for life. And now I don't do it. Um, So I think the reason for that is ultimately to keep people from texting and driving. But here's the thing. You can change that driving setting. You can't retitle it. So my focus mode still says driving every time I turn it on. But when I turn it on, not only does it make my phone unusable unless I turn it off. So that like forces me to be like, oh, That's right. I'm taking time for myself because if I pick up my phone, it asks me if I'm driving because I put it on. So first of all, you need to put it on manual mode in the settings. So you turn it on and off instead of getting into your car, turns it on or off. Uh, So put it into manual mode, then go in and change the text message to whatever you want it to send to the people that you care about. I have a list of favorites in my phone and every person that I was okay receiving this automated text message, I put on my favorites list. I made this mode where nobody can reach me, not even if they call twice and the text message, I wish I had it on me, but I don't actually, can I look at it? Um, Let me see this really quick. Okay. So it says, In an attempt to reclaim my inner peace and mental well-being, I have uninterrupted boundaries focus turned on. I may not see your message for several hours as I'm taking uninterrupted time for myself right now. But know you are loved and I will respond as soon as I am able. So that's the message that gets sent out to, I think I have five people on my favorites list. And those are the people that if they message me and I miss it, I'm going to actually feel a little bit bad. And... Basically, to help myself set this boundary, I created that text message. And I think I'm actually going to alter it to say something slightly different. Um, Basically, I want to alter it to say, like, my cup needs refilling right now or something like that. And I do that. So basically, every time that I don't want to be bothered, and I say bothered with love because obviously I don't feel like my friendships are bothering me. Um, but when I'm trying to be in my own energy, I, I don't want to be bothered. Like I don't want to be, I don't even want somebody to ping me to tell me have a good day. When I say that I want to be in my own energy, I don't want one single motherfucker to get into it. And with love and light, leave me alone, basically. And I've noticed, so I turn this on and then when people message me that automated message goes out. So I'll turn on the drive focus mode and sometimes I'll turn it on at night. Like when I go to bed and I won't turn it off until the following evening. And so far this has been the number one thing that I have done. This has been like the most helpful because when I pick up my phone, I was able to view it just now on my Apple watch, because if you have the Apple watch, um, Driving mode still lets you mess with the watch, which, like, I just don't have any notifications on my watch, basically. I don't let, like, text messages come through or anything. I don't even have the little red dot at the top of my watch that tells me, hey, um, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't even have the little symbol that tells me um, if I have a message. Like, if I look at my watch, it literally tells me the time. And it shows me the moon phases because that's the face I have on. And I don't really, I honestly really only use my watch for the fitness aspect. I don't really use it for all the other stuff it can do, which I probably should have just gotten a fucking Fitbit if that was how I was going to behave. But it's fine. Um, I can have my overpriced fancy Apple watch if I want to because that's that's rich rich mom energy. Um, but... In any case, I actually did. That's such a side tangent, but I actually bought my Apple Watch because I asked myself what the richest version of myself would have because I had the option of buying a Fitbit or an Apple Watch and I saw myself in my mind's eye as somebody with an Apple Watch. So I went with the Apple Watch. But anyways, that's a story for another day. Um, This has been literally the number one thing though. This thing right here, it gives me the confidence to know that the people that are trying to talk to me are getting messages sent to them that are like hey blah 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 the thing that i have to know though is like for i'm a little i'm a little bit anxious i'm an anxious baby y'all i'm a little bit anxious especially when it comes to i didn't used to have like okay gosh where where is my brain today i am just talking so fast um i feel like I dealt with social anxiety as an adolescent really badly. And then I went through this period in my 20s where I had, I tell you, I shit you not, zero social anxiety. I was not socially anxious at all. And then after last year, 15 months ago, I have been super socially anxious again. And I think ultimately, again, it's because all of this codependency came with that event. And so... This is me really trying to work on myself to heal from social anxiety. It's not that I'm afraid to talk to people, it's that the moment I know that somebody is asking for my attention, I get activated and feel like I need to give it immediately. And it's just kind of helped me to not be a part of urgency culture and to really push back. So, if you take nothing else away from this episode, try changing your focus mode try changing your focus mode to the driving mode, set up an automated text, put it on a list of favorites of people that you don't mind seeing the message. Because some people like, I would never put certain family members of mine on that list because I feel like they would make fun of me for how like soft and gentle that message is. But I don't have time for their energy and that's why they're not on my favorites and that's why I don't care if they reach out and I miss it. (laughs) If I could be so blunt. But um, the people that I genuinely like Don't ever want to hurt their feelings with my absence. I try to still in some, like, to me, this is like the middle ground. It's helping me to disconnect, but doing it in a way that feels safe for me to do it. And what do I always tell y'all about change and how... In order to grow or expand, you have to leave the comfort zone, but you don't want to put yourself into a state where you're just feeling constantly triggered and it feels overwhelming. So this to me is my middle ground, struggling with generalized anxiety and social anxiety. I'm out of my comfort zone doing this, but it feels safe because I'm still sending even if it's automated a message to let the people in my life know that I care about them and I'll respond when I can and I just feel like that has made a huge difference now the other thing I want to talk about is what I've been doing for myself in the morning and at night and like I just feel like I have been off of my routine game for a really long time. And ultimately, I think that that stems from codependency. As I was talking to you about earlier with my spouse, I feel like I've only recently started going out and doing things by myself, grocery shopping by myself, walking outside by myself uh, for the first time in like probably more than 15 months. I think this was going on since before that. It just only got worse after my traumatic event. But um. I, I also used to not go to bed without my spouse. I felt like we always needed to go to bed together. And I would tell myself it's because I sleep really light. And if he comes to bed, he'll wake me up, which sometimes is true. I won't lie about that. But I've also been just like really working on my sleep and really working on getting myself to feel good, to feel good in the evening and in the morning. So I kind of just want to go over my like current routines that I feel like are helping to lower cortisol and lower stress in my body so that I can actually feel good and get a good night's rest and in turn wake up in the morning feeling good. So first and foremost, I know that this some of the things I say are not going to be practical for every single person because you're working a nine to five or you have children. But I want to encourage you that if that's you, and the life that I described to you right now sounds like a fucking dream that you could never accomplish. I first want to assure you that you can, if it's really truly what you desire, and it feels like something you want to go for, you actually can design a life like this. Kind of like what I talked about in the beginning of the podcast, I feel like out of fear or guilt, I would hold myself back from saying what I actually feel because it feels like an act of rebellion to feel good right now. Um, I feel the same way about being somebody that works four hour days, three to four days a week. I feel like that feels like an act of rebellion. And many people don't see that as a practical option. And it might take you time to get there, but please... Don't let my account make you feel like it's impossible. Let my account of this make you feel like it is possible. And because you are witnessing it here, that it is something you can create for yourself, even if you don't know exactly how it's going to happen yet. And we can talk about that in a future episode as well. But my point is, is that, first of all, I work about four hour days um i try not to work more than three days a week that does not always happen because i do a lot of things sometimes i work five days a week but the thing is i always try to keep it to four hour increments and there's a reason for this not just because a i think working eight hour days or more is ridiculous and i don't know why we have bought into the lie that that's how our society should work but number two uh because i have let like my inflammation in my body with like autoimmune and things like that crop up so badly for me. Um, and I haven't been taking care of myself in the past. Something that I've noticed is when I sit in my desk chair for too long, my feet swell. And I deal with really bad foot and ankle inflammation. And it's not my heart, which is a great love that for me. It's not like I've seen some people that have it really, really, really bad, mine is actually still very manageable. And I found ways to manage it, which is what I kind of want to get into now. So lowering that inflammation, that swelling in my body that I notice happen, especially in my ankles on one of my legs, because I have had surgery on one of my knees, as I am disabled, I've had knee surgery. And on that leg, there is more swelling, because it's circulatory. But um, it's like I said, it's not like horrible, 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 but it can be mildly uncomfortable if I'm not trying to manage it. So as, as I've been taking care of my health, I have started a new routine, which number one, that's kind of the first non-negotiable is I am not allowed to work more than four hours at a time. But once I'm done with that four hour period, the first thing that I get up and do is I put my sandals on, I put pants on because I don't always wear pants to work because I don't have to and I take myself outside for a 30 to 60 minute walk and this is something that I recently implemented into my routine because number one I live on literally the top of a hill no matter which way I walk on my street it I'm I'm gonna have to climb the hill to come back so I get like an incredibly good workout just walking around outside so I take myself for a walk and while I'm doing this I mentioned in the last episode that I've been loving superhuman which is the app created by Mimi Bouchard Um, I'll link it for you down below I don't know if it's available on Android but I know it's on Apple for sure and it's just a collection. New meditations are added every single week. This is not sponsored. I just really love This app. It's literally my most used app right now. Um, but it's active meditation. So for walking, um, there's writing meditation, there is seated meditations too, but I don't really do those. There's cooking meditations, running errand meditations. It's like basically to help you prime your mind for what you want. Like there's even walking meditations for weight loss or walking meditations for optimal health. And I feel like this app is fucking genius. That's why I won't shut up about it. I feel like this app is genius. I feel like what Mimi is creating is genius. And... I hope someday that we get to interview her on the podcast because she's a fucking magic worker and I love the things that she is doing. She is somebody that I really appreciate the work that she's creating because it helps me so much. So I'll turn on the superhuman app. Usually I'll do one to two, sometimes even three of the walking meditations while I'm out. And sometimes my husband will go with me and I'll just keep one of my headphones out and like only half listen because I do feel like, it kind of counts as like a subliminal and I believe that subliminals work. So whatever you're programming into your mind, that's what you're going to get out of it. Um, so um, I'll go out for a walk. And what the walking does is when you get your heart rate up, because when I walk back uphill, my heart rate is definitely going up. Uh, when you get your heart rate up, when it comes to, when it comes to like feet swelling in particular, it forces the, um Basically, you're holding like fluid in your ankles. It forces the fluid back up towards your heart. It forces like that to kind of drain. So by the time I come home, usually my swelling has already gone down considerably. And then once I get inside, I lay out on a towel on my bed with my feet up against the wall. So like I'll literally lay on my bed with my butt at the headboard and put my feet vertical at a 90 degree angle against the wall up the headboard and this is also just like really good even if you don't struggle with circulatory issues this is really good for optimal circulation this is in a superhuman app again not sponsored just love it the superhuman app also has a meditation for legs up the wall like there's actually a category for legs up the wall meditation um so I'll put one of those in and listen to That, Mind you, I don't usually talk to people before this point. So I work my four hours and then I go do these things without letting anybody into my energy. And I know some of y'all like maybe you have elderly grandparents or parents and you want to make sure that you're in the know. Thankfully for me, if there was ever a real emergency, every person that is close to me has my husband's phone number and they can call him and he will be able to get to me. So I kind of have that as an option. Um If you're somebody that's just like alone or does not have that as an option, you can also make it to where if people call twice, they can get through, uh, through like the focus mode or what have you, or you can check it, you know, check your phone in the morning and then turn on driving mode and don't look at it again. Um, I mean, I also feel like, listen, I need to, to take a pause and just say something. I understand Because I talk to a lot of people about this, not one person, but multiple people have talked to me about this, how they have to check their phone because they fear that something bad will happen to somebody in their life. Here's the thing. Time doesn't give a fuck. Meaning... Something bad could happen to somebody in your life at any time in the day. It doesn't have to happen overnight. It doesn't have to happen in the morning. You could be at Disneyland and the worst day for somebody else in your life could happen. And you could not be aware because your phone has been in your bag all day. That is just the reality of living. And you being advised any sooner isn't necessarily going to change anything, because if it's a real emergency, that's why we have emergency services. And I always hear this from people when I tell them. I don't look at my phone. I hear that excuse of, oh, but I worry about people, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Now, don't get me wrong. If like somebody you love and care about is currently in the hospital, I feel like I could totally resonate with that. If my father was in the hospital, you better believe I would be checking my phone constantly. Everybody would be allowed to contact me. But if everybody in your life is in relatively good health, you don't feel like you're having to worry constantly. That's why emergency services is there. Stop treating yourself like you are in emergency service. You're not. Your energy is precious and you need to start treating yourself like it is. And wow, that was like, that's quotable. I need to write that down. stop treating yourself like you're the emergency service you're not um and i'm not saying that that means you don't care about people because you do but it's also important for you to care about yourself and i'm saying this from somebody who's been there and done that and got the t-shirt and the trauma okay uh now the next thing is that I'm, i'm doing my legs up the wall meditation and then From there, I will roll into dinner. Now, sometimes I have to go to the store. I'm a Taurus. I love to cook with fresh food. So if I have the opportunity, even if it's just to go pick up like a couple of things, like a couple tomatoes and a kale, you know, even if it's just to go pick up a couple of things, it's actually really good for me to get out of the house because this is something I'm also working on with my own codependent habits. Is I'm working on not being codependent. So I'll go to the store or the market by myself. And I will go and pick up the things that we need for dinner and then I'll come home and that's usually the time period that I will start to work on dinner. And I actually really enjoy cooking and especially because I swear to y'all, I literally use this superhuman app all throughout my day. Again, I swear to you, this is not sponsored. I just can't. It has been such a great resource for me. I think it is worth its weight in gold. I have seen such a shift since I have started using it that I will be paying for it. I said in my last episode that I wasn't sure if I wanted to pay for it because I thought it was kind of pricey, but they do the first two weeks free. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to pay for it, but it has been such a fantastic tool. I will be paying for it. Um, But... There's also walking meditations for running errands and grocery shopping. So I'll put one of those on I use it as my time to connect with the food to connect with what I want to make. There's also cooking meditations that help you to like make a meal with love intentionally as you're cooking. And so sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll put like, basically, I'll go to the store, I'll come home, I'll get into dinner. And sometimes I'll put on like, I really love vintage French music. Uh, There's actually a playlist on Spotify that I'm obsessed with. That's just vintage French music. That's all you have to type in and it will come up. Vintage French music. And it's literally music that I literally can't understand because I don't speak French, but I think in a past life, I think I'm convinced that I was a French performer. I am convinced that I lived in Paris. I'm convinced I was a French performer of some kind. I genuinely think that that's what I did for a living in my past life. I was a performer. Um, I have many reasons for thinking that. That's a story for another time. But I'll put on vintage French music. Sometimes I'll put on Michael Bublé because I really like him. Um, Sometimes I'll put on Uh, What's his name? Ed Sheeran, I really like to cook too. Uh, Sometimes if I'm feeling like bad bitch energy, I'll put on some Taylor Swift. Sometimes it's Britney Spears. Britney Spears is probably my like OG. I listen to her more than any other artist. Uh, I'll put on some good Britney Spears and I will fucking get into it. Yeah. And I'll just get like excited to cook dinner for me and my husband. And he doesn't put that chore on me because I don't look at it like a chore. I actually really love to cook. It's something that I enjoy doing. So I will always make the time for it. And I'll make dinner. I'll get us all set up with something nice. Um, And then we'll have dinner at the table together. Not always. Sometimes. Depends on what we're going to do for the evening. So sometimes in the evening, if I have plans with a friend to, like, play video games or something, um, I will take dinner at our desks, both of us. And I'll sit down again and I'll play video games for a while while I have dinner. If I'm not doing that, I will literally... Spend more time after dinner with myself. Like, this is... When I tell you self-care is now my full-time job, it is my full-time job. (laughs) Um, I have made it my full-time job. So, after dinner, I'll clean up, get the kitchen all nice and pristine. And then... I will sometimes I'll journal. Sometimes I'll read my tarot cards. Sometimes I'll go back and do another legs up the wall meditation because it just feels good. Sometimes I'll sit with my legs up the wall and I'll, uh, get on my switch and play video games and I'll like call my sister and we'll play fall guys or something together. That's like been a really great, uh, pastime for me recently. I love hanging out with my sister. Shout out to my sister, Cammie. I don't think she listens to my podcast, but she's a queen and I love her. Um, So I'll listen to her. We'll talk to each other. We'll play like the new Kirby game or Fall Guys or um, we never got into Stardew, but I think we would have a lot of fun playing that if we got into it. So we do that sometimes. Um, Sometimes... I will go right into like pampering myself. I'll go and like take a shower, wash my hair. I'll do my face steamer that I talked to you about in my last episode. Um, I'll put on a Mimi Me, Me, B podcast or any of the podcast manifestation babe. I really like. Um, those are probably my two favorite podcasters. Sometimes I listen to Pretty Basic if they have a topic I'm interested in that week. I will put on a podcast, do my face steamer. Uh, Or I'll get into like reading a book or sometimes I'll sit down and do school after dinner because I'm still doing that school program Uh, or I'll sit down and I'll work on. Um, Other courses, I enrolled in a Joe Dispenza course that I still to this day have never finished. I also am in uh, Richie Witch by Mia Magic. Those are a couple of courses that I've enrolled in that I have available to me. So usually I'm doing something after dinner. If it's not spending time with people that I love and I've like let people have access to my energy, I go very much into my own energy and I'll take care of myself, my body, my hygiene, and then I'll just like stay on the same wave and I'll keep the like journaling, doing things that I want to do. And if not, I'll play games with other people is usually the other option. And then the other thing that I've been doing that has been a non-negotiable lately is I have not been letting myself sit at my computer all night. Now, there are exceptions to that rule. Like uh, I had one friend that I hadn't talked to in over a week that their time is pretty limited. They had one evening free. So I did hang out with them until like 3.30 in the morning. That is not typical Mm. Sorry, I wanted a little sip of my coffee. Um, that is not a typical experience. Being up until three thirty in the morning at my computer, um, to be quite honest, that's not typical. And normally, I don't allow that. So, then by like ten, usually, I make sure that I power my computer off. Because I just find that if I sit at my computer later than that, it's like never a good time. It's never a good experience, and I end up sitting there too late, and then I don't prioritize myself. So if I've done like gaming or anything, I try to turn everything off by 10. And I will then go and do like brushing my teeth, flossing, which I floss with a water pick. And I don't know why everybody doesn't use one of those because flossing is a pain in the ass, but the water pick makes it way fucking easier. And just invest in yourself, honey. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like, it's like what the dentist has when they squirt water into your mouth, (laughs) except you can turn the power of it like up or down to be harsher or softer. And you can like literally like floss your teeth with water it's fucking awesome and I love it Um, so I'll like water pick my teeth I'll um, maybe put like a nice little face mask on or something or maybe that's when I'll do my steaming if it's a day that I'm doing a facial steamer um, or I'll take a shower or I'll paint my nails do whatever I want to do and then I try my best to be asleep around midnight doesn't always happen because y'all know that I still kind of struggle with my sleep, but I'll try to sleep by midnight. And no matter what, I always make sure that I'm awake by 10 o'clock in the morning because anything beyond that, I feel lazy and I feel like the worst version of myself. So this kind of carries us into our morning time stuff. So... Um, I always try to make sure that I'm up by 10 at the latest, because I work for myself. And I find that if I'm waking up at like noon, two, three, 4pm, I just feel like shit. I feel like shit. I feel like my whole day is thrown off. I feel like Everybody else is already awake. Everybody's contacting me. And then if I still have to work and do my own shit, I don't get to spend time with my friends because some of them are on the East Coast. And so if I want to hang out with them, I have to be done with work early in the day. Right. And so if I'm having a day where I want to spend time with them in the evening, I really can't be sleeping in that late. And that's something that like helps keep me motivated. But also, I just don't like sleeping like that. It doesn't make me feel like the best version of myself. I notice that when I oversleep like that, I have like really bad anxiety about it. And I don't know if it's just social pressure, societal pressure. I'm not really sure exactly what causes it. All I know is that it makes me really fucking uncomfortable and I don't like it. So... Um, We don't deal with that. We don't know her. (laughs) We don't know her. She doesn't even go here. Okay. So um, then basically I'll wake up no later than 10. Today I woke up at 10. Uh, I'll wake up no later than 10. I prefer to be up at seven, but if I'm going to bed at midnight, seven just doesn't always work for me. Um, I really do prefer to get like eight hours of sleep. Uh, Last night, I think I was in bed before midnight, but I didn't fall asleep until like one. So I got up at 10. Uh, And then... I'll get up. And this is really important to me. And it's kind of silly, but I need time in the morning to myself. Like, it's not silly to want time in the morning by yourself. I don't feel I feel like it's silly to want time completely isolated. Like I live with another person, my spouse, and it is like, detrimental that I do not wake him up and I need that time with him asleep leaving me alone not because I think he's quote unquote bothersome it's that I really do not like other people in my space in the morning like truly if I could design my dream home I would go to my own apartment in the morning like my own dream home I would have my own fucking mother-in-law suite where nobody could talk to me in the morning because I really like that time completely by myself. So I try to slip out of the bed really quietly um, because my husband doesn't really do routines at this point. And so I slip out of the bed super quietly. I brush my teeth. I put some clothes on. I brush my hair. And then I grab my iPad, my AirPods. And currently I'm working on my Manifestation Babe money book again. So I grab those tools. I, of course, put on the fucking superhuman app because that's all I do these days. Put on the superhuman app for like getting ready in the morning, uh, active meditation, I'll get myself ready, like really putting intention into my day into everything I'm doing for myself. And then um, usually I'll go straight into breakfast. To be honest, I'll go straight into breakfast, make myself something really healthy, make a conscious choice. I don't usually do like smoothies and stuff. Because again, I'm trying not to be a loud bitch in the morning to make sure that I get that time by myself. But And then I'll usually sit at the kitchen table, have my breakfast. Um, Again, usually I have that driving time activated. I will usually turn that on before I go to sleep if I know that's how I want to have time for myself in the morning. And then I will... I'll get into like that and then I'll get into my manifestation book. And then I also do tracking where not only do I track my cycle on my own, because after everything we have been through in this country, I don't trust no fucking app. Um, But I do, I track my mood. I track my mood in the morning and at night. I track my cycle and then I track uh, morning vitamins, p.m. vitamins, if I got any movements, if I went outside, and if I ate gluten free that day, because those are the things that I feel like help me the most. And more often than not, I actually do check all the boxes, but it's not about being perfect, it's not about perfection, it's about doing what feels good for me. So, Um, those are like the things that I just try to pay attention to. And then I have like a little habit tracker for that. But I can't share it with you because I didn't create it. Um, If I ever do create one, I will share it with you. But this one actually came from the life coach that I was working with um, for a few months. And it's just not my piece of content to share. But if they ever share it, I will absolutely get you a copy. So Um, I do my, like, and technically I've altered this one a little bit to fit my needs, but if I ever make one in the future, like I said, I will absolutely share because beautiful. Um, But from there I'll do like my manifestation stuff Um, and I like to do writing meditations or just journal writing in the morning one of the two again I know I've mentioned it a thousand times today but using the superhuman app to do a writing meditation I'll do which is really nice Um, they're like anywhere from seven to eight minutes I think there's longer ones too but I like the short ones in the morning where you just write in your journal kind of like what you want that day and how you're going to get it how you're going to tend to your yourself. And then I will basically go straight into whatever feels right. I've been really trying my best when it comes to work to do what feels like it is in the most flow with me. So this morning, I really wanted to make this podcast. And I was like, that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get into work is make a podcast. So I'm sitting down and doing that. So basically, I close out my my stuff. And then I flow immediately into work. I Kind of keep track of my time to make sure that I'm not working over the five hour mark or the four hour mark. And like I really do try to hit three days a week, but truly sometimes it has to be more than that. Sometimes it ends up being five. But the important thing for me is not sitting in this chair and letting my feet just like swell up for more than four hours. It's just too much without having some kind of movement in my day. So Um, That is the tea. That is the shade. Those are the things that I feel like I've been doing to kind of reclaim my energy. And right now, like with that focus status mode, I still have it turned on right now. And I'm sorry if you hear cars, y'all. I've tried to stop this podcast and cut them out. But my, my sweet cat is sitting in the window and I cannot bear to move him. He's enjoying the sunshine. He's enjoying the wind. And I'm sorry if you hear cars in this episode, I've tried my best to avoid them, but in any case, um, then I'll flow immediately into work for about four hours. And then, um, Then I kind of decide basically if after work I'm going to go for usually my walk and do my legs up the wall, but then from there I make the decision if I'm going to turn off that focus mode and allow people to have access to my energy or not. And during that time of allowing access, I'll also like use the Discord and like talk to you in Discord or I'll respond to emails if I have them, though my husband is basically my like... I don't know what his official title is. He edits, but he also handles all the emails. So I don't know what my husband's official title is working alongside me. Um, He's not really an assistant, but he's also like an editor. But I think he's just my partner. (laughs) In any case, I hope this episode helps you out. I feel like it got kind of long. So... Um, Apologies on the lengthy episode. I almost feel like I should split it into a couple weeks, but I think I'm going to just not. And I love you so much, Pumpkin. I hope this episode gave you gave you the the knowledge and the feelings of knowing that it's okay to feel good it doesn't make you a bad person to feel good it doesn't make you bad for claiming your space claiming your energy claiming rest it doesn't make you a bad person if you step away from your phone for a couple of days it doesn't make you like It might feel difficult in the beginning and you might have the feelings of guilt in the beginning, but I promise you with time it will get easier. And please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Don't forget to check out my description box where all of my links are, where you can find me all over the web and uh you know join the discord follow me everywhere uh youtube tiktok instagram etc and i will catch you in the next one i love you